the idea of being a stay-at-home dad, for some of us, seems very foreign. It's grown in popularity, and I think there's a lot of good to it. And every year, there are more stay-at-home dads who do great things and are great fathers. Today, we dive into being a stay-at-home dad and actually talk with a stay-at-home dad who doesn't have it all figured out, just like us. Welcome, Daddios, to the Indie Dads Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Reese, a dad who's trying just like you. And this show is dedicated to the joys and challenges of fatherhood in Indiana and beyond. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Indie Dads Podcast. Because when it comes to being a dad, we're all in this together. Welcome back, Daddios. Today we got a great, great conversation with Kevin Giannotti. He's a transplant from Philly who moved here and changed his life forever, becoming a stay-at-home dad. We go into all this and including a great podcast that he has called Kicks and Minivans and all about being a dad and still enjoying what you love to do. Now let's get into this great conversation with Kevin. Well, Kevin, thank you for joining us today. We'd like to start out with here is just how you became a dad, how your journey to that point. Yeah, super pumped. Thanks for having me on, man. So I met my wife back in 2012 and uh, we got married 2015. And yeah, something starting a family was always something in the cards for us. But, you know, we wanted that couple years of marriage first before jumping right into parenthood. Uh, it's like once you become a dad, you're never not a dad again, you know. <laughs> so we kind of wanted to experience just that that life as husband and wife first. So we waited about five years of marriage to to have our first, and so our firstborn was born February 2020, two weeks before the whole world shut down. And so <laughs> we had one March 12th, the day it shut down. It was ours. Oh, seriously? Yep. Oh my goodness, you guys were woo. See, I thought we had it close. But that's, that's even closer. Yeah. So, you know, we had it, he was, he was born just in time for us to have like a normal hospital experience mm-hmm. for our firstborn. And then, yeah, a not so normal first six, eight months of life for him. But yeah, it's, you know, starting a family with my beautiful wife, what could be better than that? And yeah, super happy that we got to experience that, that life together as husband and wife first before jumping all the way into it though, you know? But so how, how, how was it like for you guys, you know, your firstborn in the, in the pandemic? Cause I know for us, it was, it was a big challenge cause you don't get a lot of help <laughs> when that happens. Yeah, that was, that was extremely challenging, you know, cause like there was a, there was plans for like a meal train to be in place mm-hmm. for us. And like that just fell through. Right. And I'm not the type of person to ask for help, you know, but it's like in the midst of everything else, like, I think people just forgot about it. You know, mm-hmm. the whole world stopped and it's yeah. like, Yeah. We get it. So, you know, like that was just one of the things. And then, you know, yeah, it's just like, it really hurt. Like, you know, we had a baby for the first time and almost feel like we got a little jip, like, you know, people not wanting to come see the baby, like they wanted to come, but Mm -hmm. people couldn't come see the baby, hold the baby, eat dinner with us, like that kind of stuff. So it, it was very emotional. It was very hard on both of us emotionally. I think probably a little bit more for my wife, as you might expect, but 
you know, obviously it's like you find the good things in it. We were living in Philadelphia at the time still. And so it was about six months in, it was September, 2020, that we ended up moving out here to Indy. And so that's like a whole nother story of just kind of how we got out here. But yeah, it was, it was really weird. Cause I think, I think Jace, our, our oldest was about six months old before he realized other humans existed in the world. You know, he's just like, like he only was with mom and dad, you know, not even a sibling, you know, it was just mom and dad and the dog. And mm -hmm. yeah, well, our, our parents would come and visit, but they would like be outside the windows and that's how they would, we would do visits. So like basically to them, it was like we went to a zoo. The other people were just outside the, the, the exhibit, you know, but it, it was such a challenge. And I, did you kind of feel like that was like hard on your kid once they were able to kind of adjust or to meet new people or when your family was able to join in and help? Yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, we have two now. And so it might just be their personalities, but our first is definitely the shire of the two. We call our, our second one, he's one, we'd call him the party baby. Because mm -hmm. he just, man, he loves a crowd. Yeah. And he, if he sees a bunch of people, like he'll get, he'll, he'll turn the charm on immediately. You know, mm -hmm. our oldest will kind of bury his head and, you know, he'll, his personality will come out, you know, he'll get playful and joyful and all that. But it's like, he's, he's pretty shy right off the bat. And as he gets older, he breaks free of that a little bit more. But I think, I do think COVID had a big part in, in that. Cause I mean, man, it was at least like six, seven, eight months old where mm -hmm. he barely saw anybody else. Yeah. You know, cause we were just stuck inside all the time and it was probably, you know, he was probably in that 10 to 12 month range before we started regularly going out and, and seeing other things in other places and stuff. So. Yeah. I feel like that, that kind of those babies are going to just have a, a little bit of a harder time just because they got started so awkwardly, <laughs> you know? Yeah, they'll adjust, though. You know, yeah. they're resilient, so. Yeah, for sure. So you kind of mentioned you came from Philadelphia. You know, what, what kind of led you guys to Indy? So my wife's from Kokomo. I was born and raised in Philly. I moved out there in 2012 after college, and then she joined me in 2015. We did long distance mm -hmm. for about three years. Don't recommend it, but, it, <laughs> you know, we're proof that it can work. Yeah, And it was always a dream of hers to come back here. Like that was always what she wanted to do was to come back home. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we had talked about it a couple different times and it was May of 2020. She was getting ready to go back to work off maternity leave. And she's a nurse by mm -hmm. trade. Right. And so she's going back to a hospital with a three month old at home. Right. Like that's just, that's a recipe for, you know, and emotional problems. And we were out on a walk one day and she goes, I wish we could afford for me to just stay home full time to go back to work. And I was just joking with her. And I said like, well, we can't afford for you to do that, but we could afford for me to do that because she's always made more money. And like, we both just like kind of stopped and looked at each other. And then like for a month after that, I just like played this rabbit trail of what would happen if I quit my job and stayed home. Cause my job was also the thing that was like, anchoring us down in the mm -hmm. Philly area at that time. And so I was like, man, if I quit my job, like we wouldn't have to pay for childcare. We could have a parent staying home, raising our, our boy and like a dad staying home, raising his son. Like that was really meaningful and special to me, that idea. And then I was like, on top of it all, like we could move back to Indy, 
be real close to her parents. My parents are up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And so we're only, you know, about four hours from them now, mm-hmm. whereas we were about, you know, nine from them before and about 12 from her parents before. And so it's like, man, I had, I went down this rabbit trail by myself for about a month. Cause I was like, if I bring up the idea of moving to Indy with our baby and then <laughs> I back out of it, like she's going to hate me. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't, I can't do that. And so, you know, I got to a point where one night she put the baby down to sleep. She's like, Hey, you want to watch something? You want to, what do you want to do? I was like, we need to talk. <laughs> and I think we stayed up till like midnight, one in the morning, just talking about it. And then the next day I was over and put in my resignation at my job and made the plan, sold the house and came, came out here. So it all happened pretty quickly, but mm-hmm. it wasn't in the cards. It wasn't what we were expecting. It's just kind of what happened for us, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I completely get that because we're actually looking to move closer to family too. It's just, you know, I think when you have the, those kids, it kind of being close to family just makes a huge difference too. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. The relationship that my kids have with my in-laws is just, it's worth all of it. I know. You know but- like they love Nana and Papa. And so it's like, it was the difference of them seeing them once or twice a week instead of once or twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. And our, we're, we're kind of doing the same thing. They live about an hour and 15 minutes away. So it's kind of similar to Kokomo. So how, how does it feel like you, you go to be a stay at home dad? Like how, how was that transition? Was it, was that tough or like, I know, I know it's exciting to do that, you know, be that, that, you know, mentor for your, your kids, your, especially yeah. your sons. But I mean, it's gotta be a tough change. It was, I mean, I've, I've worked since I was 14 and I enjoy working. And so it didn't take me long before I started getting bored, you know, <laughs> like I was just like, I have to do something, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I'm big into sneakers. My, my podcast is called kicks and minivans, right? So I started flipping sneakers. We were living out here about a month and I started flipping sneakers, you know, as a little side hustle, flip sneakers for about a year and just started doing a bunch of just random things on the side, just trying to bring in some money, not because I felt the need to bring in money. Like I just wanted to do something, you know, but it was, it was definitely a, a transition when you're so used to working and, you know, my wife's always made more money than me. I've never been threatened by that. Like, I don't understand dudes that are like, Oh, I have to make more money than my mm-hmm. wife. I'm like, yo, my wife is gorgeous. And she makes a bag. Like I ain't mad yeah. about that. Like, <laughs> I heard you jealous. Like, you know, I've never been threatened by that, but at the same time, you know, not bringing in a paycheck was a really weird thing as a man to kind of come to grips with, uh, you know, like, Hey, but I'm providing in other ways. It's like, I run the finances, I run the budget of the household and, you know, learning how to cook. Like I never really cooked. And now it's like, I've started like my own meal prep business mm-hmm. this year, like just, you know, teaching myself how to cook. And so you know, contributing financially, so to say, in other ways where it's like, hey, maybe I'm not bringing in the paycheck I used to, but I'm reducing our household expenses and that helps out, you know? And so just finding different ways like that to keep myself mentally active because, yeah, just when you're hanging out with a baby all day, you know, (laughs) like, you know, especially before he could talk, now he's three and a half and he's, you know, saying things that I don't even know where he learned it, you know? (laughs) It was definitely a transition. For sure, man. I had a chance to kind of work from home. I, w- I work hybrid now, but like I worked from home for about three years and it was just 
you know, that the opportunity just to be home was great. And my wife, she actually stayed at home. So it was just for both of us to be there with them was kind of great too. So I, I definitely can see the challenges because I see her go through it. But yeah, it's, it's amazing that opportunity, especially for you to raise your kids and teach your kids instead of like having someone else do that. Because if you, you're kind of yeah. gone, especially for if you're gone for eight hours a day, how much time you're actually spending with them, that's, that can be tough. Right. Because we know eight hours, an eight hour workday isn't just eight hours, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and I have, I have two boys that are three and one. And, you know, it's like, I always say, we're not raising boys, we're raising men. And so as a man, being able to teach them things at this young age, it's just, man, that's the most valuable thing in the world to me being able to right now in these formative years as their father, being able to pour in and invest into them is just like, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, I feel the same. Like, like I'm really focusing on trying to get another stay at home job so yeah. that I can do, you know, s- still see those moments. So you started this podcast, you're kicks in minivans. I, <laughs> I gotta admit, I was a little upset. There was as much minivan talk. <laughs> That's because I can't afford a Toyota Sienna, right? <laughs> my my dream car, that, my, my dream car is a, a VW bus. So like. That's, yes. that, that's what I, that's what I want, but you know, I can't talk my wife into that. <laughs> oh, dude, but, that's, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful ride right there though. Yeah, for sure. I'm still trying to get her into a minivan. She just wants SUVs, but I'll still, I'll, I'll talk her into it. <laughs> the minivans, man. Maybe we need to do a whole episode on why minivans are superior to SUVs. Like we I, might need to do that. I, I completely that agree. One. Like, it's like, like, it's, it's like, the SUV is just like a lesser minivan. Minivan can do so much more. <laughs> SUV is just a bigger car. The minivan yeah. is like an entirely different it, vehicle. It, it, there's so know? much more space in the minivan. Like you can almost wow. stand up. <laughs> the doors open themselves. Exactly. Like you'll never beat me on that. Like the doors I, open themselves. Exactly. Like I could put all the back seats into the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, like right now we have one of the captain's chairs in the floor because my three-year-old yep. likes riding all the way in the back. And it's like – I could get in there with them and buckle them both in from like, it's just, you can't do this stuff in an SUV, man. Maybe you can, I don't know. But like, (laughs) I'm, I'm in love with my minivan. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we need to have more minivan segments on, on, on our podcast (laughs) over there. Yeah. But, but but what got you idea? Cause I know you flip sneakers, but like, you know, just kind of connecting those two passions. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of, the two things are kind of symbolic, right? Where mm-hmm. the kicks is who I am and the minivans is my family, right? And so mm-hmm. it's this idea of like, hey, just because you become a dad, you don't need to lose yourself. And in fact, it's best for your family if you become the best version of yourself, right? But the name came because, you know, I've been collecting sneakers for a while. And when we found out we were pregnant with the second, we went out and bought a minivan like within a month. <laughs> like it was like five months before he was even born or something yeah. like right but we bought we went out and bought a minivan like pretty quick and uh some of my friends were busting me they're like oh like you better not start wearing the the nike monarchs which is like the historic dad shoe right mm-hmm. and i'm like man i'm still gonna be rocking my jordans and minivans right and uh, you know it's just like kind of stuck and one of my friends was like dude that would make a dope podcast name like jordans and minivans and i was like yeah it would someone should do that and he's like you should do that <laughs> and I was like, huh, okay. And, but it kind of sat with me for a while. 
And so we decided to kind of run after it, switch it to kicks and minivans because Nike will sue anybody, right? So yeah. we didn't want to, we didn't want to steal directly off them. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, you know, it started evolving into this idea, this vision that the whole vision of the podcast is to help men win in marriage and parenting. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that there's, I really don't think there's like a greater contribution a man can make in this world outside of his home. Like, I think that's the most important role that a man has in this world is, is inside of his home as a husband, as a dad. Cause you look, it's like, Hey, no matter what job you got, man, if you, if you die or if you resign, like they'll replace you. Mm-hmm. Right. Some of them, they'll replace you tomorrow. Yeah. Some of them, if you have a really important job, like there's already someone in line to fill your spot or it might take them a little while to hire somebody, but like, they're going to replace you. Like, but in your home, like you're not easily replaced in your home. And I think, man, like, the way to a better world is one family at a time and the influence that a dad has over his household. That's not to say minimize the the influence that a mom has in her household, but the, the studies and the science shows the impact a dad has in his household is, it's just too important. It's too important to not fight for. And so, you know, it's like, I've always been passionate about marriage and, and it's like, since I found out I was going to be a dad, like just became passionate about that. And so being able to host a podcast now that we talk about those things in an effort to help men be the best husband they can be, the best dad that they could be, like it brings me a lot of joy and it's, it's doing good, you know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I've enjoyed listening to it and it, I love that you kind of cover a wide variety you know, talk about marriage. You have your wife on for a few episodes, and you guys do your your drafts. And she's a and good stuff. sport. She's a good sport. I haven't I haven't got it. I haven't been able to talk my wife into <laughs> coming on this. She she like, oh, you're gonna do your podcast. I'm gonna go take a nap. You know, <laughs> that's how she usually is. And then you know, I have to remind her like three or four times, like, hey, we're doing a draft tonight. We're doing a draft tonight. She's like, oh, I need to make my list and all of that. Yeah. And, yeah, she's a good but sport with it, though. That's another but, great thing. You're like, you're using the podcast to actually help your family, too. It's like you're helping others while helping yourself. Because that's one thing I've learned from this. You kind of – I get more out of this maybe than anyone else. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I'm, you know, I'm learning from multiple people, from doing research and, like, going out and, like, just learning. And that's something that I've really enjoyed about this and, why like that's what motivates me to you know keep going because sometimes it can be a grind for sure yeah i mean we were talking before we started recording like when i have a guest on you know i do some solo episodes some guest episodes but whenever i have a guest on it's like from the, the preparation to the recording of it and then all the editing it's like sometimes i'll listen to this episode seven eight nine ten times and i'm like i'm the number one learner on every single episode of kicks and minivans like no one gets it more out of an episode than I do. Right. And man, it's like some of the guests that we've had on have just dropped so much wisdom and knowledge and practical life advice that it's like, man, I've learned and grown so much from hosting it, but I'm not hosting it from a spot of like, Oh, I'm this dad that has it all together. Like, Mm -hmm. no, like I'm so far from that. You know, it's like, I'm not, but you know, I'm a huge fan of dads and a huge fan of fatherhood. And hey, I might not be a perfect one, but I'm an enthusiast, you know? And so getting to share that with people, man, that's a, that's a joy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't, I feel 
I feel I feel the exact same way for sure. And I'm glad you're enjoying it and keep going if you guys get a chance to listen. He's also got great stuff on TikTok and Instagram and all that stuff. <laughs> we got to get you into getting some of the reels, reels drawn out. I, I try that a little bit. It's just, it's just, you know, I got, I got, a lot two, of work. I got two it's other jobs. I got two other jobs it's too. So I got a, I got, I'm good enough just to get an episode out every other week. So. Hey, that's great, man. Keep doing it. Yeah, for sure. So for just so I know, You've mentioned a couple different shoes on the show, but which one's your favorite go-to? Ooh, so the two primary lines that I collect, I guess, are Jordans, which is, you know, pretty common. And then the Dame Lillard line, NBA player, he has a line of shoes with Adidas. Those are by far my two favorite lines that I collect. My single favorite shoe, I don't know if it's my favorite. The one I probably wear the most is the Jordan 1 high top called the hyper royal it's kind of like this white and kind of like a denim blue sort of thing it just goes with everything yeah it just goes with everything and um i love it so it's Mm -hmm. that one gets a ton of a ton of wear out of me yeah so like for me it's always been chuck taylor's (laughs) i go very old school i can't be mad at that I I, I I collected a whole bunch back in the day. I had every single color. I had like red, white, and blue. I had leather. Okay. All these other ones. I'd get rid of a lot of them because I just wore them out. But I still have a few as much as my wife will keep. let me keep. And then I also collected, uh, did, did you ever have any roos, kangaroos? I don't know if but, I know what that is. Yeah, they were big back in the 80s. They have a little pocket in them. All of them do. And okay. Yeah, that was their big things. So, like a kangaroo has a pocket. Walter Payton was their big person, their spokesperson back in the day in the eighties. He wore. I'm, I don't think I've ever heard of those. Yeah, I'm have to go look them up. I yeah, wasn't born till ninety, though. I wasn't so. either. That's when I was born too. <laughs> okay. I, I, but I'm, I'm an old. Per, I'm an old person for for person born in the nineties. So, but like I, I was big into those back in the day. I only got a couple left, but I wore out the Walter Payton ones I had. But yeah, they're they're pretty cool. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah I, uh, I've only had one pair of the Chuck Taylors. I can't, I bought them for a specific reason, but I can't even remember mm-hmm. it now. Um, and I, I wore them for a bit and then I ended up selling them. But yeah, I just had like the plain black and white. Yeah. Plain yeah. black and white ones. You never go, you never go wrong with, they go with that. No, nah, you, you really can't. <laughs> no, nah, they, they really do. They're so classic, dude. Yeah, for sure. So you've kind of mentioned on on your show a little bit, talking about like, you know, kind of having to give up yourself a little bit like you can't play video games forever you know right <laughs> like right. you used to <laughs> what, what's kind of the biggest thing you've had to give up like you know becoming a dad i mean my career for one but you know i just say time in mm. general just the way that i view time is so different now as a dad than it was before you know like i'm big into working out and stuff and before kids you know like It'd be like, oh, I need to go to the gym. And all day long, I'd be like, I need to go to the gym. I need to go to the gym. I need to go to the gym. And it's like, then it's like 7, 8, 9 p.m. And you're like, I haven't gone to the gym yet. Right? Like as a dad, it's like I wake up and I get to the gym. Because if I don't do it first thing <laughs> in the morning, like I don't have another chance to. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just just the way that time works now as a dad is just vastly different. And maybe that will change when the kids get older and they're off doing mm-hmm. stuff. But it's like right now in the toddler years – like, man, we are like full throttle 
go 24 seven. It's like my three-year-old doesn't nap. He hasn't napped since before he was two. Like he was one when he stopped napping. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think my one-year-old's like on the verge of, you know, like he has some days where he doesn't nap and then other days where he naps two hours, you know, it's, it's unpredictable, but I think just, yeah, time, obviously it's like you give up finances to, yeah. <laughs> to become a parent as well, you know, especially oh, yeah. when you go from two incomes to one or you pay for childcare or whatever yeah. it might be. Uh, you know, on top of all the diapers and activities and all that kind of stuff. But like the time, man, that's the most valuable thing. And it's like, yeah, you know, I've, I've talked on there about like, you know, giving up video game, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I had an episode where I said, like, choose what you suck at. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, in this season of life, like I just suck at video games. Yeah. Like my dude asked me, he's like, Hey, are we getting the new call of duty? I'm like, heck no, bro. <laughs> I'm like, I just spent $90 on the one last year and we played it like 10 hours max. Like not because we don't want to, it's just other things are priority. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, it's like, you just have to choose what you suck at. Most dads would be appalled at the status of my lawn, you know, but I'm like, dude, number one, I suck at lawn maintenance. Number two, I don't want to spend hours out there. Like, I'll do just enough to make it okay. It's like, I ain't winning no trophies for best lawn in the neighborhood. Like, that's just not me. Like, I'm going to suck at this. And that's fine with me because there's other things that I'm choosing to be good at because I'm choosing to say no to some of these things. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. <laughs> the lawn thing, I hate, I hate it. <laughs> like I know some I, dudes just love it. I just I can't get there. Yeah, it's just like I I like I just gotta find time to do it. It's kind of like with you with the gym. It's like I gotta I keep putting it off and putting it off, but it's like I gotta do it at this time or I can't do it. Because <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought I had to do one more mow this season. I kept putting it off, putting it off, and now I'm looking down. I'm like, I think we good. <laughs> That's exactly what I've been doing. I think, we're good. <laughs> I think I got I like, out of that. I one. think I'll be okay till winter, and then spring will come, and it'll get way too much for me to even do. I have to get have to get the weed whacker out there to get oh, it even down. I'm gonna hate myself. I'm gonna yep. hate myself in the spring, man. But yeah. So one thing you also mentioned, I heard that you were kind of addicted to your phone, and that's a problem I have too. How have you worked, kind of, you know? Because you do a lot with the podcast. I know that I do a lot on my phone for, for the podcast too. So how how does that work for you and how you've been trying to battle that? Man, you're coming for the hard ones right now. <laughs> well, um, I wanna, I'm want i battling it too, man. It's not just you. I, it's not just us. You know, I feel like, like we are all – I automatically get like you spent this much time on your phone per day this week. <laughs> like I don't know if you get those notifications, but every week I'm like, dang, bro. And then I like was by my wife's phone when hers came through the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, you spend way less time than me. Yeah. <laughs> You're also at a job as yeah. a nurse. It's different. And I'm home, like I'm running the podcast. I'm trying to run social media stuff. You know, I'm running like a meal prep train off of my phone. Like I'm doing all these things for like work, quote unquote, on there. But, you know, it's intentionality is a really big word for me that I feel like this year that's I didn't deem it my word of the year but like I feel like it's been the recurring word of the year for me is intentionality and I'm having to choose moments to intentionally leave my phone in a different room 
Because like I am, like I'm just addicted to it. I'm addicted to social media. Like if my phone is in my hand, if I get bored for a second, I will open it up. You know, like I just, I can't stand being bored. And like, I, be honest with a three-year-old and one-year-old, like I still get bored because there's only so many games of Candyland I can play <laughs> before I start going mad, man. And, you know, like it's so easy to just turn to the phone mm-hmm. and open it up and check Instagram, even though nothing's changed on there. But it's just, it's so easy. So intentionally having moments set aside where I'm leaving the phone in the other room, you know, like specifically like first thing in the morning. So typically I'm up at about five to work out and that's not a brag. That's just, if I don't do it at five, like it doesn't mm-hmm. get in. Right. So, you know, I get up then my son usually wakes up while I'm out there. And so, you know, he'll get the iPad or something until I'm done and showered. And then I come in, we put the iPad away. I leave my phone out. And while I'm making the coffee, making breakfast, like me and him are just talking. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because he's at that age now where like we can actually talk and have a conversation, right? Yeah. And you know, like you have a five and a three year old, like it's it's so different than a three and a one year because the one year old is just screaming things at you, and sometimes <laughs> you know what he is saying, yeah. sometimes not. But my three year old man, when it's just me and him and the one year old still sleeping, because we'll usually have about an hour or so before my my one year old wakes up, and it's like man, that's like my favorite hour of the day. Mm-hmm. but it's like I leave the phone in the other room and I don't get bored because I'm doing something right like I'm making the coffee I'm emptying the dishwasher I'm making breakfast and we're just talking you know we're talking about what he's going to do at preschool we're talking about going to the zoo or like whatever it mm-hmm. is you know but finding those moments like so it's like that first hour I have with him and then before bedtime I really try for like the last hour or so before bedtime to not have my phone on me um, and I started doing that because I would just notice my wife would leave her phone in the kitchen while we're off in the TV room or the bedrooms playing or whatever. And one time I like brought her her phone. So I was like, oh, you left this in there. She's like, yeah, I meant to. I was like, dang. How do you do that? Like the intentionality though yeah. of if I have it on me, I'm going to get on it. And mm-hmm. so intentionally leaving it in a different room, put it on the charger, leave it out of sight. And just be able to focus in on my kids at that moment, you know, the first hour and the last hour of the day, being able to focus in on those times with them, that's made a big difference for me. Yeah. I'm, I, I guarantee it's going to make a big difference for kids too, man. When, oh, yeah. When they when they can look back and remember you on your, like not on your phone, just being with you. I know you told that one story that your kid, you know, it's like, daddy, come play with me. Get off your phone. And I was like, I heard that. I was like, oh man, I just hope like, I haven't got that yet. But I was like, I know it's going to come. I need to, I need to stop. Oh dude. I've gotten it more times since then too. Like I didn't learn my lesson all the way, you know, but it's like, I'm trying, I'm trying to get better, but it's, it's an everyday trying Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Oh yeah. That's what, that's my biggest thing is like, as long as I got better today, that's fine with me. I I had a good day. Because if I, if I, if I try to do too much or like focus on, it's like, oh, I was bad, but like I was better than I was yesterday. So take the win. If you get 1% better, if you get 1% better every day like that, you can move mountains that way, you know? For sure. So what would you say you think is going to be your biggest challenge as you, you know, your kids continue to grow and you continue to, you know, have your adventures that you're going into and... What what is the biggest challenge? Maybe something you're looking forward to, you know, as your kids grow. My biggest challenge 
something I know, I'm sure something else might come along that's bigger. What I know will be a big challenge for me as a dad as they get older is letting them fail. I I grew up with three little sisters, right? I am a protector by nature. I don't know if you're into the Enneagram personality stuff. Like I am an eight, which is the challenger, which is like just this overprotective personality. And especially when it comes to vulnerable people, you know, so growing up with three little sisters, like I was always overprotective of women. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so watching, knowing that my kids are going to fail and keeping myself from intervening when necessary, you know, like if it's necessary to intervene, you know, mm-hmm. that's one thing, but like, there's going to be times where it's like, Hey, uh, they blew off studying for a test and they failed it. And it's like, I'm not going to be that parent going into the teacher's room. Like, how'd you let my son fail it? You know, like, mm-hmm. Hey, you made a choice to do this. And now this is the consequence of it. Because I think my kids learning natural consequences for their actions while they're still under my protection is the best way to learn that, you know, while I'm still there to help pick them back up. Cause they're going to learn natural consequences one way or another. Um, I'd rather have them do it at 12, 13, 14 years old than at 22, 23, 24 years old. You know, but I think just just watching them fail is going to be a challenge because I'm going to every part of me is going to want to go in there and fix it for them. And I think almost every dad can probably every good dad can can attest to that. Right. Like we're going to want to go in and fix it. We're men. We like fixing things like Mm -hmm. that's natural for us, but not rushing to fix every single one of my kids mistakes. Sometimes they're going to have to work it out for themselves. You know, yeah. and it's it's necessary for them to learn how to do that and for me to and even now, like there's certain things where it's like I'm having to step back and watch my three year old fix things, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's hard sometimes, especially when I'm like, I could just do this so fast, so simply. <laughs> you knock the plate of food all over the living room, like you need to pick it up, right? Just just little things like that. But it's like as they get older you know, the risk and the severity of it can increase and, you know, watching them fail and knowing when to intervene and when to allow consequences to play out and see them fix their own mistakes. Like that's going to be a challenge for me. I already know it. Yeah. I already feel that (laughs) that challenge too, man. I, I worry about, like for me, my biggest fear is like when they move away and they're gone and I can't protect them, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. That, and I, I got, I know it shouldn't feel different, but you know, I got two girls. It is diff- a little different than having two boys, you know, cause it's just, mm-hmm. it's just a different world out there, but you know, it's, it's a scary thing to know that they're going to leave some point at some point and I can't just protect them. Even though I've taught them everything, I can't predict what other people are going to do or, you know, just right. What, it's just right that's hard that's so hard as a dad especially especially with with two girls you know and like there's a big part of me that wants a little girl but we (laughs) were talking before i'm like yeah two might be good though but you know growing up with three little sissy understand that to a degree it's different when it's your own daughter though but yeah i mean with my sons like that's that's gonna be tough too you know but that's why i want them to learn these lessons and these skills while they're still under my roof and I can protect them to a degree because, mm-hmm. you know, if they're 12 and they fall and fail, that's not as bad as if they're 30 and they fall and fail, you know. Yeah. But every time they fall and they get back up, 
you know, like that's one of my sayings with them is every time they fall down, I say, we get back up, you know? And it's like, I say it so much that my three-year-old says it to my one-year-old when he trips and falls now. He's like, we get back up. And it's like, I want to instill that in them now of the physical, we fall, we get back up. But like also just in life, we fall, we get back up, you know? And they're a little too young still to understand that metaphor, but I'm like intentionally, intentionality, right? Like I'm intentionally putting that into them now because hey you get knocked down seven times you get up eight right so every time we fall man we get back up yeah i i tell that to my daughter and every time i think about that chumba wumba song <laughs> i get knocked down i get up again you're never gonna keep me down and i'm just like i can't just say that <laughs> they're gonna have no idea what i'm talking about i'm just gonna sit there laughing the whole time <laughs> all right man as long as they learn it right yeah exactly so man we like to kind of in these kind of with a fun question, what would you say is your favorite movie or TV dad? You no, know, I mean, one, one of the shows that we enjoy watching is last man standing mm -hmm. with uh, Tim Allen. Yeah. And he's got the, the three daughters, Mike Baxter, his name. So um, I might go with that one mainly because I, I don't know if I can think of another one off the spot, um, <laughs> but I, I always enjoyed him, you know, and, and three daughters. I had three little sisters growing up, so having three daughters, man, that would be, ooh, that'd be rough. I was, <laughs> I was worried when we were we got pregnant. I was like, it's gonna be another daughter. It's, gonna, it's all girls. But you know, it's house. a boy. Yeah, it's, it's gonna a... be a boy. So all right, all right, there you go. Which there actually, go. it's a weird feeling, because like when we first were gonna have our first kid, I wanted a boy, and so because like I I knew how to get to a boy. I knew how to raise them to this age where I am now, <laughs> but girls scared me. And now like, I'm so in that's like, fair be, being a girl dad. Now I'm just like, what am I supposed to do with a boy now? <laughs> Not that it's anything different. We, you know, our, our girls, they play with cars. They have like construction things they like to do. They, they do a lot of things that aren't really girly too, but it's still going to be different. <laughs> but, it's funny. We, I was watching one of my kids, little friends, girl the other day and she was over and her ponytail fell out mm -hmm. and she's like, my pony, put my pony back in. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like doing it. I'm, I'm struggling, man. Cause I'm like, yeah. I've like practiced on my niece a little bit, but it's never looked good. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I get done. And I'm like, I think it looks great. And my three-year-old mm -hmm. looks at it. He goes, kinda. <laughs> it's like, all right, bro, chill out. Hey, it's a, that's something I, I can't get down either, man. <laughs> I try to do it, but they want their mom to do it because I don't do a very good job. Yeah, I don't I blame can, them. I can do a pony. And then they do all the other like fancy braids oh, and stuff. Like my, my, my mother-in-law, she comes and she does like these Elsa things from Frozen, all like wrapped around in braids. I was like, I can do a pick. And if I'm lucky, I can do pick get them even if i'm lucky <laughs> dude good for them and grandma though i couldn't imagine having kids without family around <laughs> yeah and that would definitely be a challenge and not just a challenge but you feel like they're being on this side of it i know we'd be missing out mm -hmm. you know if you're raising it without family you just kind of do it you know and might be someone listening that's you know doesn't have family around and it's like that's just life to them you yeah. know you know, for us, it'd be hard to picture not having family nearby because they've just been there. But it's like you figure it out, you know, and my heart always goes out to the single parents that don't have a tribe yeah. around them. You know, and if that's you, man, like build a tribe, 
you know yeah whatever way you got to do it like it's worth having because i think it's so valuable to having other voices in your kid's life that will say the same things you're saying Mm. right because like there comes a day when they're in their teenage years where it's like mom and dad don't know what they're talking about anymore right but then someone else another significant adult can come around and say the exact same thing and they're like oh so-and-so said this and you're like i've been telling you that for years (laughs) like come on but you know it's 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 great to have those other relationships in the life of your kids Mm. and starting them when they're young so that it's like hey they're just always around you know that way like hey when push comes to shove in those teenage years those critical years like they're not going to want to talk to mom and dad but who can they go talk to you know and if mom and dad can co-sign like oh yeah you can go talk to him Mm -hmm. you know like yeah absolutely you can go talk to him do it man it's great to have those extra relationships whether they're family or not you know family doesn't have to be blood for sure Oh, no, dude. I mean, my kids have so many aunts and aunts and uncles that aren't blood. You know, it's like every friend of us is, you know, Uncle Pete or Aunt Rachel or Aunt yeah. Ella or, you know, whoever. It's just they're all family to us, you know. Yeah, it's been great. Well, man, I want to thank you for joining. It's been great. I love it. Is there anything you want to last thing you want to say or, you know, impart words of wisdom or anything like that? Uh and that's a that's a big open right there i could go for a while um, <laughs> oh yeah no i mean i think something we say on on kicks and minivans all the time is an inheritance is what you leave to your kids a legacy is what you leave in them and so you know as parents and you know this is the indie dads podcast like as dads especially like the influence that you have over your kid it's like man general generational curses are a real thing but so is generational blessing and so, you know, the trauma that was passed down from generation to generation can stop with your family and you can build a new legacy. You know, like I believe in that wholeheartedly. You know, there's things that not that my dad was a bad dad. He was and he was a good dad. But like there's there's things that I don't want to pass down mm-hmm. my kids. And I'm saying like it stops here and I'm taking intentionality about trying to end it here. You know, and I think every dad, no matter what the trauma is, like you have a chance to build a new legacy in your kids mm-hmm. and impact who they're going to be in the future. For sure. I completely agree with that. I just... well, thank you for joining, man. This was a hey. great time. Thank you for listening to today's conversation with Kevin. I hope you enjoyed it. I got a lot out of it. If you want, I'll have a link in the show notes to go check out his podcast, Kicks and Minivans. I've listened to a lot of his episodes great conversations that he has over there especially if you like shoes if you are more into hip-hop and you are like you like jordans and nikes and all those things you're a sneakerhead you'll really love his his uh take on being a father and being a sneakerhead and all that stuff that entails and please if you haven't already leave us a review um we'd love to hear from you you can connect with us at indiedadspodcast at gmail.com at our or at all our socials. We'd love to hear from you and continue to grow as much as we can. I know it's every other week and, and it's a little different than weekly, but I'm still trying to be involved in our community and keep it growing. And come back in a couple of weeks because a dad's work is never done. <laughs>